Hello and welcome to the Highway to Health show. I hope the holidays were great for you and your family. This is a time of joy, of friendship, love, and connection, and I truly wish you and everyone around you a happy and healthy 2020. Now, because I know that you will probably still have a bit of a holiday hangover, and not necessarily from drinking too much, but also from eating and talking and dancing and whatnot. So considering that, this is going to be a very short and to-the-point solo cast, and we'll return to our expert interviews next Wednesday. However, this does not mean that this episode will be all fluff. On the contrary, if you have decided that 2020 is going to be the year you get in the best shape of your life by losing weight, adding muscle, increasing your energy, improving your mood, eating better, living longer, or a combination of these common health quote-unquote resolutions, then you're going to love this episode. However, if this is not your cup of tea and you're happy with your current health and want to change nothing about it, then feel free to skip it. We'll see you here next Wednesday. And speaking of next Wednesday, our first interview for the year is with Alexis Hasselberger, who is an incredible time management coach. She and I recorded this episode a few weeks ago, and let me tell you, it is packed with tons of actionable tips and tricks to help you make better use of your time. But anyways, Welcome to the first episode of 2020. And remember, you are back on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices, cutting edge nutrition and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. In this episode, I'm going to share with you the strategies that I've personally seen the most patients succeed with in regards to their health. And that has to do with two things. Number one, the fact that people who are more often successful set goals, not resolutions. And that's an important distinction. You see, resolutions are merely wishes. I wish I was 30 pounds lighter. I wish I was in better shape. I wish I wouldn't eat so much sugar. You get the idea, right? They're good thoughts, but they have no substance. They lack that punch that makes us really want to achieve it. In fact, they feel like you're just expecting or hoping for these things to happen to you as if by magic. And we'll dive deeper into this, but before we do, there's another thing that people who are the most successful with their health goals do differently. And that is to couple their ambitious goals with a clear plan of action that has small, bite-sized actions to take every day. And so that's like the old proverb that says, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And I know that you already know it, but it is amazing how often people forget about it and let their ambitious goals overwhelm and discourage them. So, now that we know the two key elements, let's go into how to apply them yourself. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll have seen that these past three or four days I posted about the goal-setting process my wife and I go through each year. If you want to look at those posts, by the way, just head on over to dre.show forward slash LinkedIn and check them out right there. They're public, so you and I don't even have to be connected for you to see them. But while you're there, just send me a connection request. Say that you listen to the podcast and I'll accept you right away. 
You'll even get a cool little surprise if you do say you listen to it here. But let's get back to your health goals. Step one is to first review your previous year. And this is so incredibly important because a lot of the times we just decide arbitrarily on a new on a new goal or wish or whatever you want to call them, right? But we forget to actually take inventory of all the good things and positive things that we achieved on the previous year. And it's not just about, you know, when I say review your previous year, it's not just about looking back and saying, oh yeah, I put in so much weight or I lost this or I lost that. It's actually the opposite. And what I really want to get you into the mindset of is of being grateful and of reviewing all the good things that happened on that year. And if you can't think of anything, just like Tony Robbins says, just think of what would be good if it had happened. And, and just, just make an effort to be grateful about something that happened in the previous year. And it doesn't necessarily have to be with your health, but it can be with your health. Maybe you had some important health setbacks, but you can still be grateful that you're around your children and that you're you know, on the path to getting better. And you're grateful that you took the advice and you're grateful that you had a great medical team or whatever the case may be. Remember that the first, first, very first step is to be grateful. So make sure you do that. Take a couple of minutes and write down all the things that you're grateful for that happened in 2019. Then step two is to define the type of goal you want to set. So for instance, it's not the same if you want to lose weight or if you want to lose fat, or maybe you just want to be skinnier, or maybe you want to have more muscle, or I don't know, maybe you're trying to increase your energy or decrease the pain you're in. Whatever you'd like to achieve in terms of health and well-being, Start by defining what it is that you want to actually happen. Don't just say, I want to be healthier or I want to do this. Figure out exactly what is the result that you're looking for. Step three is to get leverage. And, and this is something that I didn't originally pay a lot of attention to until a few years ago, uh, maybe five or six years ago, when I started using uh, Darren Hardy's Living Your Best Year Ever uh, book and, and journal. And in that book, Darren gives the following example to understand leverage. And he says, if, if I put a wooden plank on the floor, just on the ground, and say, you know what, if you walk across that plank, I'm going to give you $20. Will you do it? And everyone's going to say like, sure, you know, 20 bucks, that's an easy, easy $20, right? But if I grab that exact same plank, and I put it as a bridge between two tall, let's say 30-story buildings and offer you the same $20 to cross it, would you do it? And more often than not, people are going to say like, yeah, maybe not, not anymore, right? But what if I told you that on the other side of the building, which is, you know, your son or your daughter is, is stranded on that other building and it's on fire and you have to cross it in order to save them, would you do it? you probably say, heck yes, and without even the $20. So that's exactly what changed because the plank was the same. The challenge was the same. However, in the first one, you said no. And the second, you said, you know what? No question about it. And that is because you had leverage. So you need to figure out what your leverage is to achieve those goals. And most of the time, what happens is that we set a goal that we're not really motivated about. We just kind of like want to look better in a bikini or want to look better when we go out to the beach or want to feel a little bit better. But but there's no leverage behind it. So figure out who's going to be impacted by me achieving this goal, by me 
reaching this result. And a lot of the time it has to do with your family. A lot of the time it has to do with yourself, with your kids, with your spouse, with your social circle, or just the example that you're setting in your community. Figure out what that is and and use it. Write it down. Remember that you're doing that not just for yourself, but for those other people. Figure out what your leverage is. That's, remember, step, step number three. Then step number four is to make your goals SMART. Now, SMART is an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Based. Specific, just like its name says, its name says, means that you have to be very, very clear and specific about what you want to achieve. It's not enough to simply say, I want to lose weight. You have to say, I need to lose 30 pounds. I need to lose 100 pounds. I need to lose 10% body fat. I need to get to 15% body fat. I need to be very, very specific about what you want your goal to be. And this applies not just in health. Obviously, I'm focusing on health because that's what we do here, but it applies to any kind of goal that you might want to have. Then measurable, again, as the name says, it is something that you can measure. If you just say, for instance, when I was working on my goals um, earlier today, I was looking at and I was thinking that one of the big goals that I want to do personally is to be a better dad and a better husband. But if I just wrote down, be a better dad and a better husband, how am I going to figure out if I'm actually getting closer to that or if I'm not throughout the year? Because it's not measurable. How do you measure being better? Same thing if you just want to lose weight. How do you measure if you're actually getting there? If you're not if you're not specific and if it is not something measurable. So maybe losing weight it is 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 actually measurable. Uh, but for instance, having more energy isn't, right? So so figure out something that you'll be able to track and measure. Then it has to be attainable. A lot of the times, and this is again something that, that Tony Robbins says, a lot of the times people overestimate what they can achieve in a year. And we massively underestimate what we can achieve in five years. But the problem is that if we're overestimating what we can achieve in a single year, let's say that you haven't worked out for two or three decades and you suddenly say that you want to complete an Ironman triathlon, it's probably not going to be able, it's not going to be an attainable goal in one year. What might be an attainable goal is, for instance, to complete a 10K uh, race or to complete maybe a triathlon if you're really you know, strict and, 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 and diligent about it. And then in five years, you will most likely be able to complete an Ironman if that's what you really want to do. So, so figure out, it has, to be, it has to be ambitious, but it also has to be attainable. It has to be something logical that you can actually wrap your head around. Then the R for SMART is relevant. And relevant goals are, are again, something very, very important. If your main goal, if your main concern is to be healthier, then a relevant goal might not necessarily be to become, I don't know, vegan or to just change your diet or to detox or something along those lines. You see, it has nothing to do with your overall overarching big goal or or objective in life. So it has to be relevant with what you're trying to achieve. If you want to improve your health, it might not make a lot of sense for you to talk about you know, being financially successful, which is, is, is an important aspect, but it has nothing to do with your health. So figure out what your overall overarching 
theme and goal will be, and then make sure that your specific goals are relevant to that overarching theme, something that is important to you. And lastly, it has to be time-based. Otherwise, it's just a wish. If you say, I want to lose weight, or even if you say, I want to lose 100 pounds of body fat, but you don't say by when, then it's just as long as, you know, as, as long as you're alive, then you're still in that goal, right? So you need to have a deadline. Everything in our lives has deadlines. You, have, you set a date and it happens there. So make sure that it is time-based. So now that you have your goals that are, are the things you'd like to accomplish first, and you can write down as many as you want, but they have to be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. Then on step five, you need to narrow it down to just one or two, what Darren calls his BHAGs, which is another acronym for big, hairy, and audacious goals. And, and your big, hairy, and audacious goals should only be one or two. And, and you might say, but there are so many things I want to accomplish, and that's great. But if you have too many priorities, then you have none. You need to figure out, okay, what are the, out of all these goals that you've written down, what are the ones that are going to have the largest impact in your life and that are going to impact not only yourself, but the people that you want to impact and maybe even some of the other goals. So for instance, if your goals are have more energy and work out and complete an Ironman triathlon and, and lose weight and lose body fat and lose, uh, you know, and put in muscle then all of those can be impacted by simply, you know, eating better and creating a, an exercise plan and doing all those other things, right? That we're going to talk about how to create a plan. So figure out what is going to be the one big hairy and audacious goal or two at the most that you're going to be focusing on in regards to your health. As an overall, for instance, I choose three BHAGs for my entire life. And it's usually one, one physical, one business or financial and, and then something else. This year, for instance, because in 2019, I focused a lot of time and attention in my health. And I feel like, you know, I'm at a very, uh, very good point health-wise. I'm focusing one of my goals in financial, another goal in my other business uh, that I run. And then my other goal is personal. As I was saying, I want to be a better dad and, uh, and a better husband. So, so those are my three big goals. And same thing, when you, when you want to focus about health, so for instance, in previous years, my big health goal was to get to or below 12% body fat. And, and that was the one big goal because that allowed me to focus. And in order to try to get to that point, I was improving my physical uh, capacity. I was improving my cardiovascular capacity. I was, I was eating better. I was losing weight. So all those things would fall into place in order for me to achieve my goal. So do the same. Try to figure out what is the one or maybe two at the most big, hairy, and audacious goal that you have for yourself as it regards to your health and well-being. Now that you have that, and that you know exactly what you're going to be focusing your health efforts on for this year. Now get a clean sheet of paper and write down, if you just have one, write down your, your one big hair and audacious goal. If you have two, you write one, one down first, and then you're going to repeat this exercise for the second one. Now write down when you're planning to achieve that goal. And for most of us, it's going to be December 31st, right? So maybe you want to say you want to lose 100 pounds and by December 31st. And, and, and that one, for instance, is specific because you know exactly you want to lose 100 pounds. It's measurable because you can get on the scale and figure out if, if it's getting, you know, if, if the number is decreasing or increasing. It is attainable. There's a lot of people who've lost 100 pounds in a year. 
it is relevant because it probably has to do with your health and your energy and in your well-being and living longer and spending time with your children and being around for the important things in life. And then it is time-based because you're saying by December 31st, right? Then, and, and, and here is the, that second very important component that people who are most successful with setting goals and actually achieving them actually do different. And that is you have to break it down into four smaller milestones. And, and it's usually easy or, or logical to break them down in quarterly milestones. So if, if, if your goals, if you're starting January 1st and your goal, you're saying that you're going to attain that by December 31st, then you break it down in quarters, right? So the end of the first quarter is March uh, 31st, then you've got June 30th, then September 30th, and then December 31st. And those are your four smaller milestones. But that's not enough. So for instance, let's say again that you want to do you want to lose those 100 pounds, right? So maybe for your first quarter you're not going to lose 25 pounds per quarter. Maybe that first quarter you're thinking that you might be able to lose 30 or 35 pounds because that's usually the case at, at the beginning you lose a lot of weight. So you might say okay, 30 pounds in the first quarter and then, you know, I'm going to lose 25 pounds in the second quarter and then I'm going to lose 20 pounds on, on, on the third quarter, and what am I on? 55, 75, and then the last 25 on, on, on the last quarter. Whatever, whatever you think uh, might be logical. It doesn't have to be like super precise and accurate because throughout the year, you're going to be adjusting that. But it is important to break it down so that it is not overwhelming. Then, once you have your quarterly milestones, then you're going to break it down and you're going to go into your first quarter that is the one you're starting right now. You're not going to touch the other three quarters right now. You're just going to focus on the first quarter and those you're going to start breaking down into monthly and then into weekly milestones. And these weekly milestones, these are your first mini goals to hit. So going back to our example, if you want to lose 100 pounds and here's the thing, and after week one, you've only lost, let's say one, most people will just focus on the 99 pounds that they still have to lose, right? So how often have you wanted, have you set a goal like that? And you say, I want to lose 100 pounds. And then the first day you get on the scale after a couple of days of, of, of effort, of dieting, of exercising, whatever you're doing, and you see that you've only lost one pound, what are you thinking? Oh my God, I still got 99 to lose. However, if you have broken it down, maybe you're going to see that the milestone for your first week was just to lose one pound. And then it's going to be incredibly empowering because you're going to say, heck yeah, I did it. This is exactly what I needed to do in week one. I didn't need to lose 100 pounds in week one. I needed to lose one pound. Correct? So that's what's very, very important. And the same thing applies for whatever you're trying to achieve. Now, there's one more thing you need to do now. And that is, now that you understand the importance of actually breaking it down into weekly milestones, and that is to create your action plan. And you know, you know that saying, we are what we repeatedly do. And so when you have clear weekly milestones that you want to hit, all you need to do is figure out what are the half a dozen things. It's not a thousand things. It's just half a dozen things, little actions that you need to take that week to end up hitting that milestone. And these actions will obviously change throughout the year, but, but right now you don't need to think about all of that. All you need to care about is hitting your weekly milestone by doing the half a dozen weekly actions. So let's continue with our example. If your weekly goal is, again, to lose one pound, then your five or six actions might be, number one, uh, I don't know, maybe create a meal menu for the week. Number two, only eat what's on your menu. Number three, 
go out for a 10-minute walk every other day. Number four, uh, drink 20 ounces of water a day. Number five, keep a journal. Number six, go to bed at 10 p.m. and wake up at 6 a.m. so you get your eight hours of sleep. That is it. You don't need to be weighing yourself. You don't need to be doing any weird detoxes. You don't need to go keto or vegan or anything of that matter. You don't need to join a gym. All you need to focus on are your half a dozen actions for that week. Eventually, as you progress and you start losing weight and that starts snowballing, you might have to switch up those actions and maybe joining a gym will make sense, but it doesn't at the beginning. Maybe after a couple of weeks, you will want to improve your cooking. Maybe you will want to go keto. Maybe you will want to go vegan. No, you don't want to go vegan. (laughs) But uh, the point I'm trying to make is a lot of the times we overwhelm ourselves at the beginning. We're going to go all in and we go and we join a gym and we change our eatings and we we try to change everything about our lives. And and number one, it's not we're not ready for that. But number two is it's not even necessary. So start with your smaller action steps and then focus only on those half a dozen things for that week. Now, at the beginning of each week, and I do this on, on Sunday evening, you review your weekly milestone for the upcoming week and you write down your action items on a little table. And it's just a table that has 11 columns and one line for each action item. So the first column is for the action item itself. And then the next columns are Monday to Sunday. And the last three columns in the first one, you will total the number of times you completed that specific action throughout the week. On the next column, you will write down what your goal number was for that item for the entire week. And in the final column, you have the net difference. So if you said that you do, let's go back to our example. If you said that you are going to only eat what's on your menu and you said that you were going to do that five days out of the week, but you only did it three times, then you net minus two. If you did it every day, then you net plus two. And that's it. If you want to see a template of this table, I have made a PDF that you can download at dre.show forward slash goals. So you just go to dre.show forward slash goals and you can download the template that right there. And you're going to see what I'm talking about. It's, it's very, very simple. Then at the end of each day, And this is important. It has to be done at the end of each day. It's only going to take you one minute, but you have to do it every day. You're going to pull out your journal with your weekly action items and write a check on the items that you did complete and write nothing on the ones you did not complete. That's it. Like I said, it shouldn't take you more than a minute to do. It probably takes you about 20 seconds, really. Then the following day in the morning, you review your action items and you start your day knowing what are the five or six action items that you want to focus on that day. You're not focusing on losing 100 pounds, you're only focusing on the five action items that you are that you have decided you're going to be focusing on for that week. Then at the end of the week, usually like I said on a Sunday, you total your results and you review your week. If you hit your weekly milestone, that's great. Just adjust your new actions for the next week to account for the progress that you've already made. If it was too easy, then make them a little bit more, um, a little bit harder. If they were too hard, then you can tweak them and make them a little bit simpler. The, the whole objective is that you stick to them. Not that you're that you're grading yourself and you're 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 either rewarding yourself or 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 torturing yourself. The the whole idea is for you to be tracking your progress and figuring out if you need to make changes. So. If you didn't hit your weekly milestone, then you go into your action items. Maybe you chose the wrong action items. Or like I said earlier, maybe you just missed 
actually completing them. They were too hard. They didn't adhere to your lifestyle. They didn't work for you. You had other challenges. So check your check those action items and whatever it is, the reason why you didn't hit them, by tracking, you'll see where your error was. Now you need to troubleshoot and create a plan to overcome this setback now. Maybe you realize that, you know what, I really want to be able to eat based on a menu that I set for myself, but I have a lot of working lunches and I cannot eat the food that I bring. I'm not going to walk into with the Tupperware at the office. Okay, so let's try to adjust that. Can you eat before you go to your lunch meetings or can you avoid having those lunch meetings or can you, you know, whatever it is. But if you're not tracking, you're not seeing where the challenge lies. That's the importance of breaking it down in weekly milestones and reviewing them regularly. If you do what you've always done, which is just to set a goal and remember about it on December 31st, then you have no chance to course correct. And so this is the basic system that I and several thousand people have used to actually achieve their goals. I encourage you to give it a shot and see the difference. Seriously. If you have questions about this, just connect with me and ask. I'd love to help you out. These days, I am mostly active on LinkedIn. I'm not so much on Instagram anymore. And mostly because... LinkedIn is the platform that has the least noise and and spam, honestly. So remember to connect with me there. You can find the link to my profile in this episode's description. And if you have tried everything and you're stuck or you want to take your health to new heights this year, then I want to invite you to go to dre.show forward slash coaching and apply to work with me directly. It's just a quick form. You tell me your goals and we figure out if we're a good fit. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As usual, if you did, I'd appreciate it if you shared it with someone else who can benefit from it. And you know what? I'm going to do something else for you guys. If you want me to review your health goals and your milestones and your initial action plan, I'll do it for free for everyone who does the following things. Number one, go to dre.show forward slash rate, R-A-T-E as in rating, and write a review for the show. It can be positive or negative. It can be on on Spotify. I don't know if Spotify allows reviews. But anyway, it can be on on iTunes and Podchaser and Google Podcast. Anywhere where you can write a review, just write a review. Uh, It can be, like I said, positive, negative, but it has to be honest and truthful. Number two, or and take a screenshot of it. Number two, connect with me on LinkedIn and send me that screenshot and say that you'd like me to review your goals. That's it. Oh, and you have to do this before the end of January, though. I'm not going to be reviewing goals in November. So, uh, again, dre.show forward slash rate, write a review anywhere you want, take a screenshot of it, connect with me on LinkedIn, send me that screenshot and say that you'd like me to review your goals. If you're not on LinkedIn, uh, you can email them to podcast at d-r-e-r-n-e-s-t-o-m-d.com. Uh, and do the same thing. Make sure that you attach the screenshot and let me know that you want to review my goals. I'll tell you what the next steps are. Fair enough. This, by the way, is a completely free gift for you to make your 2020 your healthiest year ever. Once again, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Remember, you are on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there. Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless.